welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast for Thursday, October 8th, 2020, otherwise known as I didn't even look up a holiday because it's our 200th episode, which is crazy, man. Does it seem longer from 0 to 100 or 100 to 200? It seems longer from 0 to 200. <laughs> no, 0 to 100 or 100 to 200. Okay, so I remember the first night that we recorded one, and did we have like Izzy on as a guest? He was our first guest, but that was not the first night we did it. Yeah, Izzy Swan. Shout out to Izzy. Izzy's the man. Back in the old days. Yeah, that was a four or five years ago. Because basically we do 50 a year. Yeah, we, so, okay, so yeah, I mean, technically it must have felt longer from 100 to 200 because in those first 100, we were also doing like weekend episodes. Yeah, we were doing two a weeks. We were, we were really putting them. in the effort. <laughs> yeah, we were, now we're lazy. Nah, now we found the rhythm. We found the sweet <laughs> spot. Right. But yeah, it's got to be, I'm, I'm sure one of us can go back and look when our first one came out, but I'm going to say like, yeah, it's got to be like close to four years. Although like I had barely started, I was only six months into YouTube four years ago. So that can't be right. No. It probably like, was right. You just went right to the podcast game. I guess. Yeah. I just I got you're supposed it. to have a podcast if you're making YouTube videos and there's got to be three people. And yeah, you all have to have like, the most common American <laughs> names. I can't believe it's been 200 episodes. That's just, I guess once something just becomes habit, you just, you get volume over time. Yeah, it? what is two? So that's like basically 10 days of straight recording that we've done. We should have just batched out 10 days worth right off the, <laughs> right off the gate. <laughs> By episode 18 on day two, I don't think we would have done very well. I, All right. I, I just want to see the infographic of how many puns Chris has made, food analogies I've made, and how many times Mike's interrupted. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to know how many times we ripped on Applebee's in those first hundred episodes. Yeah. Because that was like, that was the joke. I loved it. That yeah, was, yeah, that, that was, was more really like an early period joke. Right. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that it, it died it was, down it, after we all went to Applebee's that first time when we were in Joshua Tree. When we realized it's pretty much Chili's. It's not that <laughs> bad, but still not special at all. It's right. Chili's just like a little less spicy. Yeah, it was the birth of the food analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, so many saying all the hypothetical <laughs> questions. There was like I don't even remember what it was called, but something about like just Ben has to make a food analogy about something oh. that somebody could write in. Yeah, that was a pretty good segment. I like that uh, yeah, segment. We, we got to bring them back. We got we to gotta start making more segments for this stuff. But anyway, I figured today, you know, so last time we had a 100th episode, it was live and in person. And we just took questions. So obviously we can't be live and in person, but we can still take some questions. And we can probably get a little bit more of a wide, uh, wide group of people to survey. Yeah, more than what, 100 people or 50 people or whatever were able to attend that. Yeah, so we got some good ones. Yeah, we got a bunch in. And I figured rather than pre-looking at them and picking and choosing, we can probably keep doing this for a while. You know, it'll go beyond this episode. But I'm just going to kind of go through them in the order that people submitted them and, and we'll do it. So is it first in, first out, or last in, first out? First in, first out. Actually, good. me Respect. and Sean were talking about that the other day. What is a situation where somebody would use last in, first out? I'm sure I'm going to get a million <laughs> DMs now. I really don't know. I remember in school when we learned about that, though. Yeah, a never, really bad I've never really. Well, no, it was, it was in relation to working in an office environment, you know, filing things away. It was in personal finance class for whatever reason. Last I would often grade, when I was teaching, I would grade papers from the top of the stack. So it was always like the dumbest kids. <laughs> yeah, the crap. people who waited until the, the dumbest, 11th but hour. The kids, yeah, the, the kind of the knuckleheads. <laughs> yeah. mm. And then it was and always what was like, the takeaway? And then it, well, it's funny. It's like, it was, I shouldn't say dumb kids because it was more the knuckleheads that like just, just weren't putting in the effort. And then at the bottom of the pile is like, the kind of kiss-ass students that are trying way too hard but aren't necessarily any smarter. Oh, I see. So it's like the ideas, the top of the pile would always have like, they were going with their first gut, with their gut reaction. So there's often <laughs> like some kind of clever sort of stony kind of ideas. And then at the bottom, it's like where there's that really good grammar. So in the middle is where there's kind of good thought out ideas. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Kind of makes sense. A lot of people trying to hit a word count. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, run let's, sentences. well, before let's we go get in, first, well, before oh, we okay, get into any of that, what? let's just give a quick plug to our ongoing challenge that we're right in the middle of. Oh, yeah. I am knee deep in a desk project and it's okay. So I really like how the design's coming out. Mike stopped by today and, and helped me out a little bit. Cool design, but one fatal flaw. So I made the frame for this desk out of metal and then I'm going to screw hole or drill holes through that metal to attach these wood slats. Problem is I have about 200 slats and I totally just for some reason blanked on the idea that I'd have to drill 400, 400. holes through <laughs> oh, steel. Oh, wow. Yeah, like eighth inch steel. Yeah, which isn't too thick and they're small holes. So I went and I did a bunch of them today. I got about a quarter of the way through and I thought, you know what? If I won't go and get smaller diameter screws, I can drill smaller diameter holes. Mm. And mm. those last 300 or so will just breeze right by. <laughs> there'd be no way. I mean, I don't know what the design looks like, but there'd be no way to just do like every fourth slat somehow. And then like, I could, but it would, it would complicate it. And okay. it's at that point where I was just like, you know what? Let's just grind it out. It's really... Work harder, not smarter. You know As we say, embrace the suck. Embrace you know, we, the suck. Yeah. We might have to make some sort of shirt. Although I think I've heard that phrase before, so maybe we shouldn't. But maybe we'll, we'll, we'll modify it a little bit. Uh, and make yeah, we'll it figure out what... Woodworking <laughs> theme. Yeah. yeah, something that we're not stepping on any copyrights on. But it's something that'll probably be like four hours of drilling. So... Ooh. I wish I had thought of this last week because we talked about it. That was where we figured out cobalt drill bits are the way to go. Yes. But the material, not the brand. Well, maybe, maybe cobalt oh, yeah, makes maybe. cobalt drill bits, but nah. <laughs> very meta. That crap's cheap. I wish I suggested, I wish I suggested that 3M VHB tape. You remember that stuff? Yeah. It's one, mm. it's that, it's that, what would you call it, Chris? It's almost like a foam tape. Yeah, with it's a like, crazy strong adhesive like on for each like side. signage and that kind of stuff, right? What did you, you yeah, used have, it for something, didn't you? Well, they sent me out this scooter that you would build. Oh, that's right. <laughs> out of a bunch of parts. Hill. Yeah, oh, I, was, I yeah. remember telling them, I'm like, hey guys, you could just send me some tape and I'll build something with it. They're like, no. Scooter. We hired some guy who designs things. I don't know. If I said his if I remembered his name, Ben might remember. But I mean, it was it was just assembling a scooter. It wasn't a modern builds episode. It was still fun and it was neat. And it was a good kind of demonstration of the of the VHB tape. But I was left with a really big roll of it, like 100 feet of it. And I've used it all the time because it sticks to anything. For like shop furniture, if you've got like plywood walls or smooth walls and you don't want to drill into them, if you've got a moderately weighted shelf or something that you want to hang up, mm -hmm. it'll hold it forever. And it's especially good on super smooth things like sheet metal. I used some of it on that. TV lift cabinet that I made out of the lockers oh, yeah. and that stuff is still really sticky still on there sticking. and it holds great. Yeah. So a little bit too late of a suggestion, but for anybody in a similar predicament, maybe 3M VHB tape could help. Nice. It's fun stuff. But uh, yeah, so I checked out the desk that you're building, Ben, for the Rockler desk challenge and it's steel based with those slats like you mentioned. It's coming out pretty good. How does it rotate? Because I saw it in person and I see how it kind of works as a room divider. So, but it's, but it's not like super light, right? It took both of us to kind of move. I, so it's like a zigzag room divider with right. desk and shelving put into the space created by the zigzags. Okay. So I, I want it to be able to rotate so you can, it's the mullet desk. So right. yeah. it's <laughs> work in the front, party in the rear. So I got these spherical casters that are like a ball bearing basically. Now, I've wanted to use these a few times, but every time I've tried to buy them, it always goes for material transfer only because most of the ball bearing casters are only for material loading. They're like rollers they use on like factory lines for like okay. moving a package down the row. So, you have to make sure that they're ones that are actually for vertical or for sort of like to use as wheels on a furniture piece, not just the ones that are supposed to be upside down with a box sort of moving across a surface. Mm -hmm. So I got them at my favorite place to buy hardware where I really want something specific. If you need like a the perfect nut for like <laughs> with like a weird threading or anything else like that, yeah. you McMaster car, McMaster car. Yeah, it's right down the street from me. Yeah, it 
it is just phenomenally useful. It's not cheap, but not crazy expensive. I think it's like probably like 10% more than what you would get sort of in person at a hardware store. But they have every single thing in stock and it's always in stock. It's not mm-hmm. like this like Amazon bullshit. So I got these really low profile ball bearing casters and yeah, so those are going to get screwed to the bottom of the metal base and then these like epay wood slats will come down so you'll bit they'll just barely hover off the ground so it'll look like this like timber wall of like polished hardwood slats yeah and there'll be a bar on one side home office on the other and you just like swirl it around depending on your your mood work hard play hard i like it that's really cool chris what's going on in your shop oh man so actually okay I technically can't talk about this right now, but by the time the episode comes out, the, what's it called? An embargo should be lifted. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So I've got the newest Inventables offering the X-Carve Pro. So I got it all set up last week. So it's basically picture the large X-Carve that you guys might be used to seeing, but like on steroids. And so... So what, what, what capacity does this new one have? It can cut... It has a four by four carving area, but then it's open in the front and the back. So it could technically do infinitely long. And so the software has a tiling feature that I, and I have not got to use this feature yet. So I can't say how well or not well it works, but yeah, in theory, you could, you know, put a full sheet of plywood in carve half, move it, use the tiling feature to set up so that it resumes the carve perfectly. Or longer. I guess you could go infinitely long, I would think. Don't hold me to yeah. that. I, I don't know that for sure. But physically, you could go infinitely long, at least. That's really cool. Everything, instead of like being belt-driven, it's all, I guess you call it like ball-screw driven. So I just basically picture like a big spiral rod that, you know, moves all the gantries and everything. Uh, it, it actually assembles way easier than the other one did. I don't know how long it's supposed to take to put a regular X-Carve together, but it took me like 20 hours because I'm terrible at that kind of stuff. This one, Sean and I got it together in like less than four hours probably. You definitely want two people because there's a few parts that are pretty heavy to put together, but like it, it's pretty close to being plug and play for something like this that's like a pretty heavy duty CNC. I So I used it to make my project, which so I'm working on dining chairs right now for a set of plans. And so one of the common questions that we always get whenever I do anything that like where I make templates on a CNC and then use it to cut the parts. Every time 10 people will ask the question, why don't you just cut the parts on the CNC? So I decided to experiment with that and with kind of like a workflow that I would use if I were selling furniture at, I would call like a medium level scale scope whatever Mm -hmm. so i don't want to like give away the whole thing of like how it all played out because the video should come out i mean honestly the video is pretty much done i pretty much finished editing it i need to send it in for approval and then like add a few other things so either late this week or early next week the video will be out where you know you get to see how all the experimenting came out but it was cool it was a fun project to do because it was like one of those ones where I genuinely had no idea how it was going to come out. And like the style of filming was much more just like documenting what we were trying out. That's cool. And this all sort of goes with the dining chairs project. So it's yeah. sort of like a actually figuring out the best way to make it because you've got to make like eight of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, uh, th- and it kind of goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago. Like I'm really trying to get more than one project out of each of these plans projects just because they take so long like i need to find other things to do so like that last one i did the boxes video we're also doing a dining table right now so we're doing dining table and dining chairs and we just did another video all about like template routing essentially which since it's a a process that we use so much and like though like that box video and that template routing video do better than my project videos it's weird and those are like what i would consider like that yeah i guess it's not weird but it's like what i would consider like the ancillary you know, the, the byproduct of what we're doing more than like the feature. But it's just that people trust you. That's the thing. Or Sean, I know the template video was Sean, but still. Yeah. He's not trustworthy. No. Don't trust that guy. I mean, the the numbers would beg to differ. That's true. But no, yeah. I mean, it's skinny woodworkers who trust him. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Never. Um, but no, like Ben said, it's actually not surprising that that kind of content kind of does better than projects, but here's why it is what it is. 
if you think of it like as a Venn diagram, right, where it's like the thing people are looking for. Often when people watch a project video, they just want to see how you did one part of it. So if you nail down on a, on a video that's a very specific part, like how do I make these shapes and you're holding the profile of the chair, it's a great video, right. by the way. Thank you. I was talking to Sean. Oh, but uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, but it's like so specific because that's something that I've thought about too. It's like, you know, when I, yeah, like making a chair out of wood for me is a pretty daunting process. I have to think about really how am I going to do it like super simple, like kind of two by four clunky style and just make a, a boxy ass chair. But mm -hmm. the minute you get into those tapering, it's like, how do I get it consistent? How do I sort of define it? How do I join them at the tapers so I don't just cut them out of one sheet of plywood, but if I'm actually using solid hardwood. So that video is like the center of the Venn diagram where it's like, it's not everyone, but it's right. the most people averaged out towards one topic. Right. I always think about it as like information is objective and a design is subjective. So like if you just happen to not like that design, maybe it doesn't catch your interest, but if it's just process-based, it's like, it just opens it up. Yeah, it's funny. Like I had a similar experience recently where I've I've done some videos that were kind of like they were just kind of like random, like a lot of mm -hmm. random projects. I've just been sort of cleaning up odds and ends on my kind of to do list, and so there's these like kind of random projects and not doing particularly well. And it's like some of them were actually like a lot of work, but no, no big deal. I had to do that work anyways. Mm -hmm. But then uh, <laughs> I knocked out a hot tub in one oh, yeah. hour and that video is doing like really great <laughs> and the, it's like of course it is yeah. <laughs> and it really did and it's such a great thing it's like it actually is i find it relieves my stress when i know the world's a little bit silly like that and it's also a good thing too because it tells you sometimes that just like grinding and just working harder no sleep crush it every day that mentality is important and can be great if you're in a rut and you need to like kind of like sort of kickstart things and get a little bit of a boost where you get some momentum. But the best results aren't always from the hardest work. Sometimes right. it's just like it's taking some, some easy wins and doing them with a little bit of cleverness and enjoyment. Yeah, I that one kind of made me think sometimes it's those things like the easier it is to like say what it is and understand the better it'll do. Like it's just simple and it just works. But back to what you were saying, Ben, that's something that I've been thinking about and like trying to focus on doing more. I always had this mentality, like from des a design point of view that like, I never wanted to take a day to stop what I was doing and just design. I always wanted to be like, oh, at the end of the day, I'll just spend a couple hours working on that. That way, like as soon as this thing ends, I roll right into the next one. And now I'm kind of thinking like, well, wait a minute, like the more time that I actually step back and spend thinking about this, the better the outcome's going to be. And hopefully that translates into the better it'll perform. And so like by slowing down a little bit, I can actually kind of like speed up where I'm going. Right. Unsolicited advice alert. <laughs> <laughs> so it really seems like you're grinding on these plans, right? And they're, they're, they're just fantastic. I talked to a couple of people that have purchased your plans and they were like, yeah, there is really nothing else like this on the market, especially when it comes to the sort of the, the video quality. But it seems like while, you're, while you've been in this sort of recent plan mode, yeah. you haven't produced something uniquely Chris. I mean, yeah, it's been more of like a normal catalyst. I mean, it's been my stuff, but it's been like the the market friendly version you're building infrastructure yeah. you're not embellishing like flourishes right yeah you've skipped out on the like crayon table or the big <laughs> nintendo switch tv and instead like did plans which kind is of. which is a totally natural and healthy cycle but yeah how long will you let yourself do this before you need something where you're like you know what i need to design the next version of a salamone original you know, that's exactly it. It's so I wouldn't call it the, the like salad. Like, I feel like this does tick that box, but it, it's kind of a, yeah. How long can I go before I just need to do like something stupid, something that I'm like, this has no value as a plan, but it's just something I want to do. So I would say like, as soon as that inkling comes to me, then I'll do it. Right. Like, I won't be like, oh, oh, I can't yeah. do it. I'm not going to put it off. I'm just 
whenever that mood strikes, I guess. Okay, then. I'm going to focus in the question even more. Okay. How long will you go without having that inkling randomly come before you feel like, I have to intentionally adjust something in my workflow to make sure I get one of those inklings? I don't know. I mean, like, you know, maybe something like having the X-Carve Pro now, like something that opens up like a new possibility that's just like, oh, shoot, maybe I could do this and that, you know, plants a little seed. Did you get yours already? I'm waiting for mine still. Yeah, that's what I was talking. That's the the big CNC that I put together. I know, but it's like mine hasn't arrived yet. Oh, really? Why did you get yours first? Maybe they're waiting for like official model releases. Mine's an early one. Like you'll Chris uses his more. You guys will see in the video that the (laughs) dust collection is me holding a vacuum. So maybe it'll be better to get the, uh, the finished version. Also might just mean I haven't checked my email. (laughs) (laughs) Or your physical mail is probably sitting outside. Yeah. But it's funny, like the same way y'all were talking about the the hot tub or Chris, like you're like, let's call it like a quirky video, Mm -hmm. not necessarily like the best design Chris does, but the most like viral aimed projects they hit every time i think one time you maybe did a crayon table that didn't hit gangbusters but every time it works like gangbusters you said it mike i'm telling you so that'll be the real thing you'll be looking at your analytics be like well i've had a lot of videos get a quarter million views over the past few months i need a milli you know i've done that and i've been fine with it in terms of going in what, like a slump, I guess is what you would call it or whatever i'm i'm much happier like if all of my videos just hit like a hundred thousand and they're like yeah. good solid furniture plans type videos i'm good with that right now because then there's no pressure to repeat or whatever yeah it will it, it is sustainable i feel like you know we go through like these different periods where we're building different kind of kinds of audiences based on what you're doing like yeah if i had to pick my one core audience that i really want to cultivate it's that one so if i can mm. see like little upticks in that over time i'll take that over like the random video that just goes nuts Dude, you're right. That's a good point. Yeah, because those are the people that are going to come back week to week. Right. I don't want to chase like that. I mean, if I ever decide to go that way, it's going to be very different. But yeah, yeah, that's enough on that. Cool. But should we hop into questions or Mike, You, what are you working on? Or I know you've been busy with other stuff. <laughs> Mike's been dropping yeah, videos some... right and left. That's right. I got the school bus painting episode out. And am I wrong, guys? That thing looks sick, right? It's sky blue and sick. It is like yeah. electric sky blue um, it's like electric powder blue it's like my no it's, it's darker than my glasses no lighter you than remember my when we were having that conversation about color and it was that idea of you look at it on a color swatch and then you look at it on a house or you right. look at it on a bus and then it's more vibrant. it's way more intense yeah. or way more vibrant that definitely happened it was basically two shades more intense than i would have gone in hindsight i normally mm. think of powder blue as like a subtle color this is like yeah a, <laughs> This is aggressive. Aggressively powder. Dude, I'm making thumbnails here though. You know, I need it to scream at people on YouTube. So in a way, I'm not mad about it. I'm going to make adjustments in the future when it comes to this sort of thing. But it looks very installation arty. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The color is called Big Chill. How fitting is that? That's perfect. (laughs) Big Chill. Yo. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess. Extreme (laughs) Chill. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the comments today because when we're recording the podcast today is the same day I posted the video and the color blocking we were talking about. It's bold. Yes. And there's a lot of people. Yeah, that, what are they saying? Well, I mean, hey, if you don't like it, you don't like it. I'm not saying I'm right and they're wrong, yeah, but there's definitely some people that think <laughs> I was wrong. It's funny. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there's people that are like, this well, would look, okay. you know, infinitely better if you would have added a trim color to it or you, something to that you know effect. What's funny. First of all fuck them but second of all (laughs) like well it's the idea that they think that like color is objective right so Mm. i was actually talking to jesse about when i saw you painting the bus and she's like what does it look like i'm like it's a statement (laughs) like yeah and (laughs) you know i think that's a good thing what i think is so funny is that a lot of people are very tentative with color because they're afraid of doing it wrong Mike is like very self-assured that like his choice in color is fire. Like you've come up to me yeah. and like, dude, got it all figured out. We're going <laughs> this color here and like check this out and then this is going to be mixed mm. with this. And it's like – and it's definitely a very contemporary vibe. But it is mostly subjective. And I know there's the color theory out there too. But, you know, you show me somebody that's like a technical color theorist and I'll show you someone that hasn't done a lot of great artwork. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm sure there's exceptions. Don't send them to me. I don't care. 
<laughs> but that's the idea. Every rule but has the, an exception. But anyways. This is the funny part, right? Like, so it's like a content creator that has to, you know, kind of let them hang and swing and be very bold with their choices is going to be like, you mm-hmm. know what? I have a strong opinion. This is, this is what really speaks to me. I'm going to do it. And I think it looks great. Whoa. Yeah. Modern build style. <laughs> and then like the internet's like, no, that's, and it's so funny because they're all, they're, it's basically the perfect ping pong match of people that aren't doing anything like comic and someone that is doing thing. And of course the person that's doing something has to have some sort of confidence in order to like take action. And of course the people commenting have to have opinions because otherwise what would they say? Yeah. Well, otherwise you're stuck justifying it to people that aren't there, you know, comments, <laughs> there's someone behind a comment, but they're not there in real life. So you're just justifying it to yourself. And so that's just a waste of time. You could be considering other things in my book. Now, wait a minute. Have people commented that they like the color? Oh, overwhelmingly okay. it is okay. support, you know, like everything it's 97% thumbs up, but the 3% thumbs down you're, you're hung up on or whatever, right. but all in all, super happy. And at the end of the school bus painting episode, I got to reveal the next big modern builds project. I bought a house, guys. I what? bought a house in Joshua Tree. Crazy. I got five acres. Hey, you had to yeah. have somewhere to park that bus, right? I had to have somewhere <laughs> to park that bus. So in the in the near future, I'm gonna put a cool little house tour. It is a small, what would you call it? Not quite a ranch. It's kind of almost a cottage, but it's about a thousand square foot, one bed, one bath. These sort of houses are small. Yes, but they're kind of sprinkled all over the place out here in Joshua Tree because people built these as kind of second homes all the time. So they're kind of cabins. Mm. It's super neat. It's cute. And it needs a lot of updating. I'm going to be tearing out popcorn ceilings, replacing floors, tearing out the existing kitchen and putting a new one in. There's going to be infinite content, essentially. And so 2020, the rest of 2020, at least, and all of 2021 is kind of already planned out for me. I don't have to go thinking about what's the next, you know, project. It's right ahead of me. I just got to find the right solution to fit the need. You know what you should do, Mike? So, just to troll everybody, you should paint every single surface in the house big chill. Oh, nice. <laughs> Ceilings, <laughs> floors, every wall, interior, exterior, but toilets. Will, but I mean, it'll get comments. Add yep. a, first <laughs> add extra popcorn surfacing to all of your new house. So most people yeah. like to popcorn remove those this. walls. I like to add extra popcorn walls. Popcorn walls. <laughs> it makes it so quiet. And to top it off, we're gonna coat it all with big chill. Yeah. Yeah. Is that carpet? <laughs> no popcorn. Yeah, it just looks like oh, shag carpet. It's a popcorn floor. It's pop, yeah. popcorn hardwood. Dude, I'm telling Dude. you though, Ben, you're building a house soon, Chris. I'm waiting on you, you to live buy an apartment oh, complex. Yeah. I'm waiting I on you to either. One. I'm waiting for you to buy an um, buy an apartment complex or like a duplex. I know that's somewhere on your radar, and I know you will crush that too. I'm all over Redfin. <laughs> these big projects, plans. Let's say the plans, man. It's cool. We're all investing in uh, sort of like the big business for 2021. We've getting we're getting it all laid out. It's tight to see. Do you think there's a, a company that was like just raking in the cash in the 60s or 70s that made popcorn sprayers, and now they're just like holding on for dear life? Hopefully it comes they got back. out while the getting was good. <laughs> they maybe stayed in maybe too long they got they like spray foam insulation. Maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. I should there's get, no revival. I'm going to try there's to no find revival. a vintage popcorn spray and do like a real nice piece of furniture and then just finish it in popcorn. Yo. Oh. I, no. That's the inkling. This is what we've been waiting for. This is the, you do a whole movie theater room coated in popcorn <laughs> yeah. ceiling texture. I like it. <laughs> Paint it buttery yellow. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible, dude. I think you would just use like that spray foam and just spray it everywhere. <laughs> it's called a day. Pretty much. That spray foam gets hard though. It doesn't say squishy, does it? Well, <laughs> walked into that one. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a good catching up. I've enjoyed this segment, but we're 30 minutes in. Let's hop into this, uh, this Q&A segment we're doing. But yeah, let's first, take a break and then we'll answer some questions. Thank you, Storyblocks, for sponsoring this episode. If you're unfamiliar with them, Storyblocks is the complete stock solution, providing an unlimited library of high-quality, royalty-free video, audio, and images through cost-effective subscription plans. So if you're a creator and you ever find yourself stuck because you're looking for that perfect sound effect or b-roll clip or a template to adapt into a graphic, or maybe your agency's always in need of stock photos or illustrations, Storyblocks is perfect for you. 
So for example, you're probably used to seeing these kinds of assets on my and a lot of other content creators' videos that you see. I've been utilizing them for the four plus years that I've been making YouTube videos, but actually for me, it goes back even further. In my previous career, I worked in marketing and graphic design, and the crew consisted of me and sometimes one other person. So budgets and, let's say, capabilities were sometimes on the lower end. And this was how I could get professional assets, be it graphics or background music or a clip, to make my finished results look and sound more professional and custom, without the need for dedicated videographers or composers, since that was never going to happen. Now, there's a few things that help to make Storyblocks different, but my favorites are, one, you can use the content you download anywhere, including YouTube, and it's royalty-free for commercial and personal use. And two, they're always adding new content and updating things to make it the best possible experience for users. So head over to storyblocks.com slash modernmaker to learn more. Again, that's storyblocks.com slash modernmaker, or click the link in the description. All right, thanks, Storyblocks. Now let's get back to the show. All right, we're back. So like we promised earlier, now we will actually start answering some questions that you guys were nice enough to submit. So the first one that came in came in from RJ Kirk. And he asks, if you all had to redesign your logos, what would you guys choose? Do you guys ever think about that? If you don't have an idea, that's fine. But is that something you guys ever think about? I started with a bad logo. Yeah, you did change and did a redesign. So I'm happy now. Mm-hmm. I think I think where I'm sitting is good. Maybe some alternate logos over time could be cool. But I think I've got my core. And I feel like you're the same way, Chris, right? That Four Eyes logo is iconic. I will definitely stick with that one for the foreseeable future. But I did actually get a chance to kind of make a new logo recently. When, when we started doing the plans, we started this thing called the Four Eyes Furniture Fabrication Family. So basically, wow. like they're just like rewards for people who buy more. So like at three, you get a shirt. And so I got to design a new logo for a shirt. Or actually, I decided to not design it myself and pay somebody to design it for once in my life. How did that that feel? Awesome. Powerful. The guy did... Like, I mean, (laughs) I searched this guy out on Instagram. Like, I, I looked at Instagram for quite a while, found a few people that I liked, contacted this guy. He was super easy to work with. And what I wanted was a logo that was very different from mine and kind of had like cartoon characters of us. So it's yeah. like me and Sean and like kind of looks like a like 50s cartoon and we're we're carrying like a huge piece of lumber and it's awesome. Like I love it. So we're going to get we we got a few shirts made because we're like mocking up the final design and then we'll get the final ones ready to go for for people who've ordered three plans. So what was it like working with a professional designer? Was it sim- like I know you used to do commissions. So were, some, were there some takeaways with working with a professional? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure it can be hit and miss depending on who that person is. This guy was great. He's a younger dude. Uh, it's, it's called John Bannon design. You can find him on Instagram. Cool. He, he was really good. Like, you know, he was fair in terms of like, you know, the price compared to like the thought that he put into it. Huh? He is that too. Okay. (laughs) He's both of those. He's kind of, he's got like a mic type complexion. He like sent out like a, like a series of questions first to like, I, this would probably be more tailored towards somebody that like had less of an idea of what they wanted, but like to really try to like hone in on what he thought somebody would like. So it was good. It was a good experience. It was like definitely opened up my eyes to not always having to be the person that does everything and, and outsourcing things. Man, shout out to Bob Claggett on making it because that's, that's one of the things I hear him talk about. And as someone that's just scared to death of delegating. It's, it's cool to hear you kind of say the same thing. That's one more, that's one more person's, you know, right. Kind of. Yeah. Shout shout out to, shout out to Bob. Shout out to Mm -hmm. Bob and shout out to delegating. What about you, Ben? You just have to come up with new logos all the time, launching new channels and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like, I, I just think it's like, if you come up with a better idea, just, just switch change it. it to that. Like, it's not that hard. Like, all right. of our work shouldn't exemplify or, like, I think people get too worried about how their work represents them. I, I never I, – I try to separate that and think that work represents me at that moment in my life. And when I think of it that way, it makes me feel a lot more free to do something a little more aggressive and maybe something a little bit dumb. Because if I come up with a better idea or taste change or my taste change, 
I'll change it to something that's better. So I, I always think that brands and logos are works in progress. I don't think there's ever a final version. That's it a good may, point. You might go 20 or 30 years with one, but then you may figure, you know what? I have a better idea now. So yeah, I also though don't think that it matters that much. Cause I think yeah, there's some really bad logos out there for really successful brands. So it's, if you have the idea, great. If your company's not doing well, it's not because of the logo, right? Maybe, like, unless unless that's the industry. But yeah, probably not if you're just woodworking or something like that. Right. What's, what's your guys' favorite brand that has a bad logo, in your opinion? Ooh, that's a any great that question. Into your head? I always feel like if they're really big, they probably have at least like a decent logo. Well, here's one. I think Pepsi's logo is way better than Coke's, but Coke is a better product. Yeah. Well, it's also just like so classic. That's one that if they changed it, probably people would go nuts. Yeah. Bad logos? I don't know. Like maybe Applebee's. Ooh. Oh, LaCroix. I stop it. <laughs> LaCroix? I think LaCroix. Is that what you said? Oh, there's well, just like hard. a crazy it's... like tiger font, right? It's like a tiger it... slashed it. Yeah. It's hard because LaCroix sort of, they were the ones that pioneered the sparkling water, at least to the, me- to the, con- to the mass consumer. But their cans are so busy, you never yeah. know one flavor from another. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't drink it, but like when I picture like what I would imagine for a brand like that, I'd picture like minimalist and clean or something. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there yeah, you go. They're getting squeezed out. They were like the early, like big, popular flavors. I like that bubbly. water. Who's the but number one now? Bubbly and AHA are like kicking their butt now. I've never even heard AHA. Yeah. It's got caffeine in it. I'm so out yeah. of the game. Well, some, they some up, of the flavors They kick do. up the flavor. Yeah. So... I think AHA and Bubbly are both good. I think, yeah, they're both they're both better than LaCroix. And we were a big water, LaCroix house here at Maker Ranch for a long time. But Offered yeah. everybody LaCroix as they walked in the door? Well, mm-hmm. among other things. <laughs> a LaCroix and, and a pat on the back. We like to party. <gasps> All right. Oh. Uh, what? Quick shout out before we get into questions and, and uh, obsessions. Uh, our questions? boy Brad from Fix This Build oh, yeah. That just oh, hit yeah. a million subscribers, and, and what a woo. logo that guy has! Doing it right the first time. Yep, that's yep. Brad's motto. Is it? So, yeah. if you don't know Brad Rodriguez from Fix This Build That, he does. He's an excellent communicator. Like, he, oh yeah, he does just fantastic content around very specific things. And really explains how he did it, why he did it. And if you're like a woodworker that like you just want really good information on how to do like projects that will make your home better. Like there's very few people I'd recommend higher than Brad Rodriguez. Other than, you know, I mean, there's a few. No, just kidding, Brad. <laughs> uh, but not too yeah. many. Brad's the man. Just hit a million subscribers. I remember when he first started getting into YouTube. He was like yeah. big on Instagram first. And yeah, just shout out to, you know, a dude in the community that's getting it done. Nice. All right. Next question. Bernard underscore Pretorius. Not a asks, real name, is it? I don't know. Brad Pretorius. Sounds maybe he's Bernard? Greek. Oh, Bernard. That's right. Brad's the other guy from Fix This Build That. He says, what has been the project you underestimated the most? Mike, the sink, right? In recent history, yes. That one was a... No, it wasn't a nightmare. You know, I don't want to be dramatic on this show. I want to be realistic. It was just a lot of work. It wasn't a nightmare because every fix worked the first time. I don't think a project qualifies as a nightmare the mirror. until your fix... Until your fixes <laughs> fail. Exactly. It's be the mirror, yeah. Exactly. So if you mess up on try number one and and fix it on attempt number two, no big deal. That's just how making goes. But if you're on attempt three or four and you're still having problems, that's when it turns into a nightmare. And that LED mirror I tried to make a couple of years ago, that was it. That was that should be your motto is do it right last. Do it right eventually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or give I up. remember that was speaking of delegating. That was when I tossed in the towel, and I oh, ended yeah. up having to go and take the mirror to a glass shop and have them frost it and do everything kind of professionally. Look, a, a, what about you guys? A project's only a nightmare if you lose money or like well, relationships the on it. Isn't, it's not nightmare. It's just something you underestimated. Right. Right. 
Huh. Well, the bus, man, that took two months longer than I expected. Well, well, two years longer to get started, well, but yeah. two months longer to finish. The, <laughs> yeah, if you want to talk technical, the, 26 months. The Rockler desk challenge <laughs> in drilling yeah. all these holes. <laughs> yeah, I, I did feel like find a workaround. I'm not sure if I'm actually going to do it, but I realized I could just. So I'm drilling holes through angle steel and mm-hmm. I was going to use pan head screws. But I realized I could just take the angle grinder and just cut notches in the flanges and then just screw through those like slots oh, yeah. that are cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel Clamp like it'll it just look kind of janky. And you know what? I think I'm just going to grind through it and drill them holes. Just keep grinding. Yeah. It'll make a good time lapse. Yeah. That's for true. <laughs> for me, for underestimating, I, I'm a, uh, I tend not to do that because I always like probably overestimate everything going in and then it ends up being less daunting than I thought. But I will say like I put off doing plans for such a long time because I thought it was so daunting and it's turned out to be more work than I thought it was going to be. So I guess that's a a situation of underestimating. Maybe you just underestimated your commitment to thoroughness. That's true. Maybe I did. That's, that's my (laughs) motto. uh, Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, I guess you can leave it at that. I mean, it's just my motto. That's it. I'm going to make a logo for it soon. Wooden's, no, Wooden Sven asks tips for woodworkers to get seen on social media. Get on explore page. How do you do do that? Well, here you go. Here's the, here's the lowdown. You Google how to get on explore page and you'll get some really useful information. You'll understand how to use hashtags to find the people looking for the content that you make. And that's the great part, uh, or I mean, that's a great starting point. Make sure you format it properly. Algorithms change, but there's usually like a scale to the video or the photo that works best, whether that's five by four or a square aspect ratio. And then third, hit them with the juice. Don't front load things with setups. Don't front load things with out of context process shots. Whatever you're trying to tell people, just get to the meat of it, whether it's a still image or a video. Don't bury the most compelling video in a carousel post and don't make the big reveal or the action shots 30 minutes into the video. They need to be the first 10 seconds because especially on Instagram compared to YouTube, same thing with Facebook. People are scrolling fast and it's your job to get them to stop. I agree with everything Mike said. The I'll, I'll present it in a different angle from more of like the introspective, like how you look at yourself. Cool. Start by being objective about what you're good at. Are you a really good photographer or you're a really good woodworker, but a mediocre kind of content producer? Be objective with that and then be prolific around the things that you're best at. Also, consider the supply side in addition to the demand side. Just because river tables are really popular doesn't mean they're a good idea to get noticed because the supply side might be disproportionate to the demand side. So... Look for things that you're not trying to do something far too often. I hear people take random home run swings with their eyes closed. It's not about doing something crazy and then hoping it works. It's about thinking about what is something that people could be interested in that just there isn't a lot of supply of Mm. and then Mm -hmm. move that way. So start with just being objective about what you're good at. Then be prolific around the things that you're good at to kind of amplify through volume. And then look at where are your talents underrepresented in terms of supply. So I may echo some of that because I was going to jump in after what Mike said and say like, don't put lipstick on a pig. And so what Mike was describing (laughs) was the lipstick and make sure whatever. But like what if it's like a kind of cute pig that could be taken to the next level? I'll put blush on it or some eyeshadow or something. Uh, give it a smoky eye. Do a full eye. makeover. There you go. Yeah, don't, <laughs> not just lipstick. You got to do lip liner and all that good stuff. But um, so like what Mike is talking about is like once you have like something that's cool and unique, then you can get the most out of it by doing all those things that he's talking about. But I feel like sometimes people don't worry about like the foundation of what their content's going to be, which is like the actual thing that they're doing or whatever and focus so much on all those other things and think like, well, if I just do all these things, right, it's all going to work out. It's like, make sure you have that good foundation or that good pig to put lipstick Mm -hmm. on to mix metaphors. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. Another one. We're, we're blowing through these. I like the way we're doing this. 
We're going to get through all yeah, 500. Yeah, no nonsense. That's what she no said. No nonsense answers. <laughs> That's the second. Are we getting a counter going? Maybe yeah. this will be the next thing we do for the next 200 episodes. Um, let's see. Kale uh, Moniel? I don't know. <laughs> Says, <laughs> what is your number one go-to hardwood for budget furniture? Beach. Chris, let's hear it's it, beach, dude. This man. is your department. I yeah. don't know. I mean, it depends what's... Concrete. I don't know what's considered budget. <laughs> yeah, concrete. Uh, I don't know what's, well, what's considered budget, what's, but beach, man. Spend plywood. a little bit more. For Spend, me, plywood. Plywood is a hardwood. It's like... it's Hard and wood. Yeah. That's it's, what you... Oh, never mind. Yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> okay, what so about you, plywood? Mike? I want to hear Chris. I want you to expound on beach, man. I know you got something in up. there. Okay, so like if you just want to save the most money, like it's not the cheapest, but the difference that you're going to spend on, let's just call it like a dresser project between, I, what's the cheapest thing out there? Like pine or something like that? Not a hardwood. Right. It's a softwood, Chris. You think true. you would know this if you're... I guess poplar <laughs> is technically a hardwood, but it's really, really soft. Okay, I'm so not, maybe... not going to go by, I'm not going to pull up my Jenka scale, huh? How about that? But it's not more <laughs> expensive than what oak would be, is it? Okay, like red oak. There you go. That's like a good... It, it's probably a little bit more expensive than red oak. Okay. It might be the same or even cheaper than white oak. Got it. And ash. obviously, you know, yeah, ash is another good one. It's all subjective. Depends what you like the look of. But like, you're going to spend so much labor on what you're doing. Like, spend a little bit more money on, on a wood that you're happy with. Yeah, I agree. It's like all when about... The, when the project calls for it. It's all about the pairing. The wood is not the answer. You could have the most beautiful piece of walnut, but you put it in a room that's too white. It'll just look like a dark blob in the corner, right? Like think about context. Different woods will look good in different environments. I really like if I'm doing kind of like a whitewash sort of light airy feel for like, you know, floorboards or something. I don't I want like white oak with a with a, a low saturated stain on it. So Think about context and pairing. Don't just think about what looks good by itself. Right. Also, I w I'll say that something I've thought about more that I don't know why I didn't think about this more in the past is like how something photographs depending on what you're trying to show. So like if it's a piece that has like a lot of little intricate details, I've, I skew towards lighter woods now because right. like all that shadow and everything pops Better contrast. Up. Right. It, it all pops and shows on video or in a thumbnail whereas like walnut might look great in real life but it just kind of like you were saying about the what was it a muddy a muddy blob in the corner or whatever it kind of sometimes can look like that in a photograph too look if you got, if you got light colored floors and white walls and you photograph a walnut bench you're not going to see any of the grain you, you'd have to be so close up and not have any of the white wall in it otherwise all that beautiful color that you see in person is mostly going to be lost yeah, I, I co-signed pretty much everything you guys are saying. Spend the money when it's worth it and go lighter than you think, especially even with walnut. A lot of times whenever I used to pick through boards, whether it was at a lumber yard or even somewhere like Woodcraft, if you're digging through a pile of boards, there's quite a bit of variance between the stack right. piece to piece. And whenever you're looking at boards, especially when they're not super smooth, you look at the dark ones and you think, wow, that's rich. That's nice but it's only going to get darker once you put finish on it. Mm -hmm. So even with a darker wood like walnut or something like that, I prefer the lighter like Clara walnut boards rather than the darker black walnut, like what I get kind of that grows regionally back home in Oklahoma. So yeah, across the board, whether it's oak, walnut, whatever, skew a little light and I think you'll like it. You know what's funny? It's like I think of, uh, here's my food analogy for 200. There we go. Yes, we couldn't go without it. So... I like sushi a lot, you know, Japanese. Yep. Took Mike to his first sushi ever. But yeah. So, like, tuna is normally considered like the sort of the good, it's like the filet mignon of sushi, right? Like, it's a very consistent flavor. It's kind of mild. It's not too fishy. It's really firm texture. But, and it's expensive. I actually like mackerel sushi, is like my favorite. Like, if me and Jesse are going for sushi, it's like, it's way more fishy. It's a little more oily. It's a stronger flavor. But we've grown up our whole life eating sushi. So it's like we want something a little more edgy. And it's a way cheaper fish. Like there's way more mackerel in the ocean than there are tuna because they're like they're a smaller fish. They grow faster and all those things. So sometimes it's like if you've been in this a long time, like 
I like walnut. Like walnut would be like my favorite wood if someone just asked me absolutely if you were to get an unlimited supply of any wood to work with for the rest of your life. I'd say, okay, it'd probably be walnut just because I think it it is a beautiful dark brown color. But there's there's nothing there. It's kind of redundant. And because it's everybody's like popular choice, it kind of undermines your own individuality and having that be your favorite. So that's one of the reasons why I've liked plywood so much. And there's so many like random species. Like I made something out of mulberry once and it was crazy looking. I love working with yeah. like all the tropical hardwoods, particularly if they're sort of grown on uh, plantations instead of, you know, harvested from the rainforest. So I love the working with the tiger wood or I just worked with Ipe. Mix up your palette. Like if, the, if a random tree falls in a neighborhood – it might not be a hardwood. It might not be a softwood, but it's wood. And you know what? You can make something beautiful out of any wood. Except Purple Heart. Impossible. <laughs> I'm kidding. And super toxic. But no, it's like, uh, you know what's funny? One of the most popular. Ooh, Purple Heart's the blowfish. Of yeah. There you go. Super toxic, huh? Choose yep, yep. wisely. <laughs> Is I made a table out of like leftover cedar two by fours. And people love that table. And I just whitewashed cedar, which is not a a standard combination. One like cedars normally use for outdoor stuff. It's a softwood. But it came out great. It took the whitewash really well. So if a tree falls down, don't try to trade it at an undervalued price for some better wood that you think is more appropriate for what you're doing. Use the wood you got. If a tree falls in your neighborhood, use it. And if a mackerel jumps in your boat, eat it. Yeah. There you go. Life lessons on episode number 200. You're welcome. <laughs> Let's see. Next question. My phone locked on me. All right. This, I can say this name. Stephen Brush. He Good says, work. what is your favorite measuring tool and why? Ben and Mike can't say 12-inch speed square. My arm. 12-inch speed square. What tape measure? That's got to <laughs> be the... <laughs> The tattoo on my arm is the best. There do, you go. do you use it off like as much as you envisioned, or what's the reality of having the tattoo? I I use it the most for get the telling whether storm. or not a circular saw blade is six and a half or seven and a quarter. Hmm. Practical, yeah. That's been the single use case that I've used the most. But yeah, I mostly I thought it was cool, but it has come in handy a few times. Okay, here let's uh, if. Would Ooh, you I've guys- got it. No, no, no. I've wow. got it. Okay. There is a stupid, stupid, stupid cheap tool at Harbor Freight, and it's called a multi-square. I think it's actually like $5, maybe $4, and they're on sale all the time. It's basically a protractor. It's a lot like a combination square, but it's just a random thing Harbor Freight has, and it's really cheap, like a lot of their stuff. And... If you're interested in having a little four eyes flare to your projects, maybe some tapers mm. here and there, it's a really great way to kind of introduce yourself to working, you know, in those classic 10, 15, 30 degree kind of angles without having to use a 12 inch speed square, which the protractor sucks on or getting, you know, a actual good tool that would be like 50 bucks. You know, it's a good starter. Get your first couple projects out of the way with that. Learn a little bit and then level up. I have one if you want to measure a hole. It's uh, a <laughs> <laughs> which Ben does routinely. <laughs> it's called the the Iris by I think it's like Carpenter's Cabinet or Cabinet Workshop or something like that. It's that thing that's kind of like a camera aperture, it right? It's like a camera aperture. It's really well made. Adam Savage did like a video on it. There's a bunch of knockoffs out there, so make sure you get the one by the brand that I didn't fully pronounce. Oh, here we go. It's on the back maker's cabinet on instagram and it's called the iris man if it's, your doctor walked in the office when when your wife was getting ready to deliver a baby with that thing you knew you're gonna have an artisanal baby yeah see and how chris, dilated we are how gaping chris your question <laughs> yeah is oh, you know my what's answer. the best oh i'm sorry guys i was just interrupting <laughs> classic woodpecker. mike geez yeah gotta be woodpecker <laughs> i will say and i'll go specific the delve square 2020 it would be my single that's favorite. the one to buy measuring tool device could do you think right. how much do you think it would affect you guys on just like any given random project if someone just said you can't use a tape measure i don't use um, a tape measure you know i, I use, don't think it would hurt me much at i all. use a lot of the okay so jesse and brett were making fun of me because every time i go to home depot well not every time 
But every once every in a while, other. I'll go to Home Depot and I'll bring back like six of those like wooden yardsticks. Oh, yeah. And like they're like a buck fifty each, but they're so handy because like sometimes you need a ruler that's a specific length. And I'll just like since they're a dollar fifty, I'll just chop saw them down. Yeah. And sometimes you need a perfect quarter inch spacer. And they are amazingly consistent quarter inch shims. Yep, exactly. Mm, there you go. Multi-tool. Boom. Yeah. Get a few of those and keep them in your shop. They're handy. Good idea. Also, Stephen Brush, he also says, release the poetry. Yo, have you noticed <laughs> you how many that, comments yeah. you've gotten? Mike? I've seen a lot. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> I don't got, think Mike remembers I've it. gotten tagged in so many. <laughs> I can't release the poetry. I don't have it. Well, make it's new lost. poetry to release then for Crown. All right, here we go. I'll make a haiku. I'll release a haiku this week when this episode goes live. Nice. And it'll be about either the desk challenge or it might just be about making in general. It'll be my pr- homework. There we go. God Bring me back to that. English class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> release, the, release the poetry. Yeah. I, I must have gotten tagged in like a couple hundred posts. I've seen quite a Dude, few. It's actually, well, it was a thing where, you know how sometimes it's a joke and it catches on, but it didn't catch on to you in the moment when we were recording. And all of a sudden I post anything on Instagram and I'm just getting flooded with hashtag release the poetry. And it took me maybe five minutes. It took me maybe five minutes to be like, Like, what what is this? this? Like I'm getting spammed. What is like, is it Russia? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) And so. Russian bots. Yeah, there was a moment where it finally clicked and I was just, well, I, there's nothing I can do. I don't have the poetry, Man. but I will write some poetry for us. In Russia, poetry releases you. I guess so. <laughs> All right. Uh, see, do we have time for one more? How far? How long? Absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it. We're at an hour, but who cares? Okay, and then we still got to do some obsessions. But last one then for tonight comes in from Bengis28. He says, what is a small thing you did that had a dramatic difference in the growth or quality of life? Ooh. Hmm. Something small. Ooh, I've got one. It's something that I'm not practicing currently, but was great about a year and a half ago. And that was, I just journaled every day. I didn't have like a p- amount that I was journaling, but I just set a five minute timer. That's enough time that it's not scary to commit. And if you just have a day where you're not really feeling it, you can pass five minutes by doodling anything. It doesn't really matter. But what that did is it got the things that were swirling in my mind just out. Some of it meant that whatever it was got resolved because it's the same thing that happens when you're talking with friends. You bring up a problem and then all of a sudden you say the solution. Just kind of took a sounding board to find it. And that kind of time journaling can easily be that sounding board for yourself. Also, if you just have project ideas, don't write down words. Just sketch what you've been thinking about all day. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. And this answer kind of reminds me, maybe I should get back into it. Yeah. I would actually say something that is a cousin of what you're saying, maybe. And that was letting go of the idea that I needed to be inspired to do something Ooh. creative. Okay. Which I know is something going. We've, we've kind of talked about this before, but like I feel like most creativity, at least for me, comes more from perspiration than inspiration. So that's just like, even if I'm not necessarily feeling it, if I've got some downtime and I say, I'm just going to sit down and just start drawing some stuff. Like I won't be inspired or like even necessarily feel like doing it at first. It's, it's labor, it's work. I'm going to just go do it. And something happens like when you're doing it, like you'll find something that'll excite you and it'll get you going. So like just not waiting for that moment of inspiration, but actually like, I guess, finding ways to like foster it by just starting even when you don't want to. Because there's always something you can do. You know what I mean? There's always, whether it's just a shop to clean up or tools to set up or just breaking down rough, rough pieces or anything. There's always something you can do to just get moving. Right. Yeah. Like thinking with your hands, I guess. I I like that. People call that. For me, it's always never be cheap on the things that make you the most money, right? So for me, it's like Mm. if – and I I recently was not practicing my own advice. But my rule's always been the minute something starts to go wrong with my laptop or my phone, I immediately go and get it fixed or get a new one. And it's because no physical tool in my workshop – is as directly responsible for income as my laptop and my phone. So there's zero reason to have either one of those ever, ever be slow. 
even if I have to buy like a brand new one every year or every six months, it would still be worth it relative to the income that they generate. Right. So tolerating any inefficiency there is a terrible idea and just slows you down and having plenty of onboard storage, paying for or here's another great one, not having enough onboard storage on a digital device, not taking the time oh, yeah. to order ahead and getting the maximum amount of physical storage so you don't have to plug in a hard drive. That kind of like saving of time and also having files directly accessible improves productivity at the most critical time right before you get paid. So think of your digital tools the same way as you would your your workshop tools and invest in court uh, accordingly. Now, recently, it's like because I was like, oh, wait, I got like normally I like going in. I like going into the Apple store. I've always had great experience. I think their customer service is awesome. Every time I've had like a problem with like a device not working, they've always helped me fix it. And I just feel like you get like reasonable, like, yeah, I think you get good service from them in general. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's exceptions, but my experience as a consumer from them for like 10 years has always been like consistent and good. And they're, they don't sponsor anyone. So it's like there's – this is just how it is. So I haven't gone – like because like, you know, of COVID and all that stuff, I haven't gone – like I had, my phone wasn't – I had to use a <laughs> a non-plug-in charger, like a wireless charger to, to charge it. Oh. And it was such a pain in the ass. Like And so finally I was just like, you know what? Oh, wait. I'm sure this somewhat open now. So I went and got the new – iPhone 11 Pro Max, even though I know a new one's coming right out, but I'm sure I'll drop it and break it and then I'll get a new one. <laughs> it's cool having that wide angle camera, huh? I mean, that's what she said. <laughs> I don't know. That, that one was a stretch. Yeah. That one was a stretch. Wait, that's what she said. Cool yeah. Having no. that <laughs> wide angle camera. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to think too much on it. Nope. All right. Obsession. Are we ready for obsession? Sure. Okay, well, let's segue right into it. Are you guys prepared or, or I, I can go if you need? So prepared. All right, you then go let's first, get it. Mike. Go for it, Mike. You sound okay, like no. you're the most prepared. Well, you know, sometimes it takes a minute. I'm going to shout said. out a YouTube. Dang it. Yeah. Okay. Good job. That All one right, hit. That one was. Okay. On YouTube, it's called Cookin' Soul. Like C-O-O-K-I-N, Cookin' Soul. I don't know why it's called that, but this guy has a YouTube channel where he just makes, I've got it. You guys know that like kind of playlist channel Chilled Cow. They do those kind of lo-fi beats. Only no big like chill. if you there we go. It's kind of one of those kind of playlist channels where they just play kind of simple beats that are just mm-hmm. kind of just basic. Well, this is the next evolution of that. This guy basically makes beats, then takes found footage, like classic found footage from the 80s up until the 2000s, and creates like mixtapes out of this and he's done them for one of them the one that i found that i thought was really cool he did one for kanye but he didn't sample kanye mm-hmm. songs or anything like that he found kanye freestyles on the radio or like when he did like def jam appearances that were acapella or just like freestyles on cell phones things like this and then beat build built beats around them tempo matched it produced it really cool and then synced everything up with the footage from those clips. Mm. And I think it's really cool. It's one of those things where everything is super chill. So if you actually dislike Kanye's music, this might be a remix that you enjoy. But it's something that I've been listening to while I'm editing, while I'm answering emails. I think it's really fun. So check out Cookin' Soul. Nice. Ben? Mine is a collaboration between Ben Paik of Wobi Design and our good friend Eric from Cutworks, they uh, collaborated to make a table and they're both making some really interesting content about them. It's I love that those two like have gotten together and like are building stuff because they're both just like kind of like quirky, super smart, very talented and meticulous people. So Ben does this very labor intensive kind of skateboard recycling process and then, you know, turns it into these crazy patterns. And Eric is just such a talented metal fabricator. So it's cool to see them come together to make a dining table. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And I liked it. It was a really cool pattern. Not over the top, but still loud, which is kind of Wobie's sweet spot. For me, I'm going to go with a YouTube channel. It's a very popular one. It's called Game Theory. 
where the guy does it, things involved with video games, but like looks at it from like either a scientific perspective or like almost as if it was like a graduate level college course. So the one that I watched recently, do you guys know the video game Fall Guys? Have you guys heard of that? I've seen it on the homepage. Yeah, it's very I don't popular know what it is now. Though. It's kind of like um, that game like Wipeout. Remember that was on like ABC where like people were like jumping. Oh yeah. It's kind of like that style, but you're like, it's just like a bunch of little like jelly bean shaped guys. And it just randomly throws you into a room with a hundred people. And you're going through all these like kinds of obstacles and 50 people get eliminated. And you know, you have to win like five rounds to be the last person left to win the game. So it's this very cool. like popular viral game free to play. And so they decided to do an episode on that. And they, so like, just to give you an idea of like the kind of stuff they do on this channel, they reached out to their audience for feedback and they made like a questionnaire, a questionnaire and they had like 200,000 people respond. So it's like way more data than you would ever get if you were doing like a thesis on something. <laughs> they charted everything. They have like pivot tables and like, it, it's crazy the amount of detail and like the findings that they they pull from doing all this. Like it's stuff that like the people who are making Fall Guys should pay them like hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this research that they're doing. It, you know, you might not be into that aspect of it, but if you're at all into video games, I would say check it out because like there'll probably be something there for you. And I would just say like don't write it off right off the bat because it's got a lot of like meme type stuff involved with it and the presentation might like feel over the top to you or whatever but like the substance is actually really really good cool that's what it is nice game yep. theory game theory all right can i give two quick suggestions go for it action bronson came out with a new album Ooh. like he raps and whatnot uh, if you liked the album mr wonderful but have thought his last couple releases were not as good as that not as well wonderful. he came through with a little bit of heat it's a little less, like it slaps less hard, but it is easing towards, I don't know, easy listening, I guess. Mm. Smooth so it's, jazz. It's bars, but Alchemist, the producer who is really, really great, pretty much did the whole album and he always crushes it. So check out Action Bronson's new album. Boom. Ooh, one more music pick, Fleet Foxes. I don't know if you guys listen oh, yeah, to yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they had like a surprise drop like a week and a half ago or whatever. Very good. Okay, dang, I like it. We're on the wave, I like it. Mm. Okay, boys, until next time, this has been the Modern Maker Podcast. We appreciate everybody for listening like you do every week. Holy cow, can you believe we've had 200 episodes? This is actually crazy, but we did it. Oh, I thought Ben was saying something. No, this is nothing. We had 200, that's a All lot. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. So we appreciate all the support, especially everyone that's, that has been listening for a while. If you want to do anything to help the show, it's just let a homie know that you enjoy it and they should check it out. You can also leave a review on the app you listen to us on. Just letting the app know that we're a good show and that we should, you know, be, be suggested. suggested to people that listen to similar content. You didn't think I was, you thought I was going to trip up, but I saved it because I said the sentence different than no, how mm. I normally do. That's right. Exactly. But anyways, thanks a lot, guys, for listening. Keep the hashtag Rockler Desk Challenge projects coming next week. We're not necessarily doing a Q&A. Instead, we'll be highlighting quite a few of those projects up top. So if you're in the process of building, be posting, whether it's a finished project or a processed photo or video. So thanks again, everybody, as always. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Later. Bye.